Live from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, this is Behind the Message. Each week we take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. I'm Evan Earwicker, and uh, we are announcing kind of a new format starting this week for the next few weeks. Uh, where we're going to be actually going live at our 5.30 service on Sunday nights and taking this conversation um, to the stage. Yeah, it's kind of a new flavor. We get to experiment with some different things, but the conversation, of course, is always is taking us behind whatever is brought on that weekend. And it gives us the opportunity to take text questions and do all these things live, and it brings a, a kind of a really fun flavor to this thing. Yeah, so to kick it off, um, in just a minute, we're going to have a discussion around uh, a new series based on John Ortberg's book. It's called Soul Keeping, and our series is called The Unhurried Soul. And we're really talking about uh, getting back to a rhythm that really, I think, is prescribed by Jesus uh, for how we live our lives and how our souls need um, that sense of rest, even as we have very full lives. Yeah. What's the difference between busyness and purpose and simply being hurried and stressed? It's, it's an incredible conversation. And by moving to this format at 5.30 on Sundays, we can actually broadcast this live through our YouTube and Facebook Live platforms. So if you are available on Sunday nights at 5.30, you can actually interact with us via chat on those platforms. You can go to behindthemessage.org and we'll have links to those. And uh, we'll have um, our computers open on stage to answer your questions and involve you in the conversation in real time. So excited about that. Uh, at this point, let's go to the conversation we had with Pastor Steve Mickle this past Sunday on The Unhurried Soul. We want to welcome everybody to kind of this new format, too, for this series. Um, as we've kind of walked through this as a team behind the scenes, uh, coming up to this, we thought this would be a great time uh, to have a conversation about soul health and rest and uh, moving out of that hurried, frantic pace into something better. But Steve, I want to start out with asking you this. Um, is this an aspirational thing mostly for you, or do you feel like you're in a place of rest and oh, unhurriedness for yourself, or is this like... Someday, I hope. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, I would say it's a day by day for me. I think I think you can. Um, a, it's aspirational every day, and it's achievable every day. So I'm finding a new rhythm in my life for sure. Um, and it, the catalyst was the tragedy that my wife and I experienced to a, a, a wholesale lifestyle change. Um, we're still as busy as we've ever been in our lives, but we're not hurried. You guys know the difference between being busy and being hurried and in a rush all the time? I mean, you can be busy and be at peace. Your soul can be at peace, but man, if you're rushing and I gotta do this, or if you're trying to perform, or if you're trying, like, like I used to like, try to impress you guys um, in my preaching, and I think I did a pretty good job. But, yeah, that's debatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I stopped doing that. Um, I don't care what you think. I, I really don't. I care what God thinks about what I say from up here. He's the most important person to me. And, that, but, and that's not a weight. It's a, it's, it's a blessing for me. And so it's, <laughs> that sounds awful, doesn't it? But it's a, it's a different rhythm in my life that, that gives me um, energy rather than takes it. So why is this the discussion? We started in teaching team with this idea of the soul, and we were going to talk about kind of the soul as a, a whole entity, and we were going to start from A and go to Z in five or six weeks. And we ended up talking about the unhurried soul and really focusing on this wrestle part. Why are we focusing on this more than the whole? I, think, I just think that's our culture right now, Ben. I mean, I look at, I look at how much um, information is coming at us 
Entertainment's coming at us. Social media's coming at us. Um, responsibilities are coming at us. It's not decreasing. It feels like it's increasing. The pace of life is, 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 is faster than it's ever been. And I just, I felt like this was the message for the beginning of the year for our church to, to just recalibrate, take a second, reflect on our, our rhythms and go, let's, let's have an unhurried soul. I mean, it's, hurry is one of the greatest dangers of soul health, in my opinion. So what does a good rhythm day look like for you guys who are, um, I know the two of you are trying to Sabbath and trying to make this a part of your regular life. And when you do this really well, when you get to the end of the day and you say, I was not hurried, even though I was busy or I had activities or there was stuff in my calendar, what does, what does that day look like when you get to the end of the day and, and go, yes, that's the reason that I wasn't hurried today? Most of that depends on how well-behaved my children are that day. Uh, and, but there's something, to, you know, um, some of you, and I see a text here, I have too much on my plate already. I can't handle too much more. Um, I, I feel that. Ben, you probably feel that. Yeah. Your wife works. You've got two little kids. Um, you obviously work here full-time. Uh, when there's a lot on your plate and then you add a baby to the mix, uh, was, uh, Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, says, uh, what's it like to have five kids? It's like, uh, what's the line? It's like you're drowning and then someone hands you a baby. Right. Yeah. That's how life can feel, whether you have kids or not. Uh, it's just like one more thing and one more I'm thing. I'm starting to feel a little eggs from you guys. <laughs> My youngest now is a freshman in high school and three of them are out of the, the other three. Yeah, no, tell me how busy you are. No, it's great. Yeah, no, I want to hear it. And, I want to hear about uh, how, you know, tonight do stuff on Saturday if you want. Tonight at 2 a.m. I'll be rocking a child trying to get back to sleep. But yeah, you'll be sleeping just fine. I'm glad for you. Yeah, I slept in my son's bed last night who was throwing up. No, it's fine. She's still okay. whining. This, <laughs> this night really took a turn. Uh, it's getting angry up here. But my, my argument would be, not from a point of like, you know, you guys should live more like me, but it's like find, find space, even if it's a minute two minutes, five minutes in, in the craziness to breathe. Um, you know, I told, I, I told the church this morning, like I have this Apple watch that tells me, it reminds me to breathe. It actually, it's called a breathe app and it pops up and tells, it says breathe. I'm like, I'm, I was thinking, I've got that one down. I don't think I need to remind, be reminded to breathe. But it, what I use it now for is a reminder, go, well, wait, I do need to breathe. I need to like slow down in the chaos of this moment, even if it is a kid screaming, right? Um, or, a bus- or a business meeting that's not going well or whatever, or con- a, a, a conflict in a relationship. And I'll just close my eyes. I'll take it. I don't say anything to anybody. I don't say, hey, I gotta do some deep breathing here for a second, guys. I just, I just do it. I, just take, I close my eyes, take a couple deep breaths. I invite the work of the Holy Spirit into that moment. And it does, it does do something. It, it doesn't change the chaos outside of me, but I, it does change the chaos inside of me. So what do you do? So we, we talk about this person in text and I have too much on my plate and I can't handle too much more. Do you guys have any tips or ideas of how to know, okay, I just need to literally get rid of stuff on my schedule. This is, this is outrageous. I need to physically take things out of my calendar so that they're not a part of my day. Or I need to stop and breathe and put things in perspective. How do I know which one I should do. Because it's hard once you look at that whole schedule and think, okay, what am I going to take out? It's hard to decide exactly. What yeah, you and you, only you can decide that. Um, but what, what, the, what are the responsibilities? I like to ask myself, what, is the only, what's, what's the, what are the things in my life that only I can do as the, as the father of Hudson 
um, Kincaid and Spencer and as the husband of Suzanne and as the lead pastor of Westside, what's, what are the things that only I can do, nobody else can do? And then, and then that, those are the things that I, okay, I, got, I just gotta, I gotta make that happen um, and figure that out. The other things are become, become negotiable um, in a lot of ways. And so I think those are the things like, okay, do I, need to, do I need to do that meeting? Do I need to, you know, go here or go there or t- talk to that person or return that phone call or spend um, however many hours people spend on social media today? I mean, do I need to, you know, you start asking some harder questions, you know, about our lifestyle and go like, do I, maybe I can get five minutes if I, if I don't answer Facebook right away. Maybe that's a place, a space where I could get some time. I just read today, uh, coming into the new year, people, you know, they want to clean out their houses and they're getting rid of clutter. And then uh, this uh, KonMari show on Netflix. Anybody, anybody watch that? It's trending right now on Netflix. Is that the cleanup person? The cleanup person. The Japanese. I saw the preview gal, and I was fascinated. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but um, it's this trend. <laughs> I really and now was. I was <laughs> they're Sorry. saying um, across the country right now, thrift stores are being inundated with people's junk, like. 10 times more than they would normally get in January as people are, are like saying, we got to declutter. And it's, it's funny talking about soul declutter because we're not yeah. necessarily talking about our houses yeah. now, yeah. but it, it is this idea of we got to go into the, the, uh, the cat, cat world down below <laughs> the foundation and, and really assess and then make those hard decisions and say, what's, what can stay and what's going to go? Um, and if they were easy decisions or obvious, we would all have healthy, restful souls. That's probably not the case. And so I, I think for me, it's um, sometimes it's like, no, you know what? I enjoy this thing. Uh, but if that's going to take me away from my kids or my family or uh, the ability to have some sort of rhythm in my life, it's probably got to go. And, and, and it's more internal than it is external for sure. I think, I think about the internal side of things like I'll, I'll be in some conversation and I'll, the blood will start to rush and it'll be like, I'll get really kind of tense. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. And what, but in those moments, I, I now notice them. I now know that when they're happening and I'll go, wait, why am I, why am I anxious here? Why am I mad? Why am I so sad? Why am I, and, and to take a, a minute and do a quick reflection of that, like why am I, and what I find that just in the questioning of that emotion, it, 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 the Holy Spirit has a, has a second to do his work of bringing, it's like, wait, you know, Steve, I've got this. You don't need to worry and stress. I'm with you. Um, he gives, he has an opportunity to speak that to me when I take just a moment and reflect on what's going on inside. So again, what is that feeling? Um, and you answered it before, but there I got a text question that says, talk about the different kinds of being tired, spiritual, physical, emotional, relational. Because uh, it is good. I like being tired at the end of my day, but there is a different kind of tired. It seems when I'm unhealthy. Um, what, so when you're tired at the end of the day, but it's been good, why, maybe why is that? Or can you speak to some of these different types of tired, spiritual, emotional, relationship? Yeah, well, for me, the being, uh, I know I've learned what fuels me, what energizes me. And so I might be physically tired after doing the things that energize me, but, I, but the body being tired, I, I can deal with that. It's when the soul gets tired. It's when I'm, I'm, I, I, I look at, I look, I get up in the morning and I think I can't do another day. That's the thing you got to be worried about. 
It's not that I'm physically tired. Yeah, you, those are things for sure to be aware of. But usually at the core of those things are other issues that we got. Why am I, why, I just, I need, my soul needs breath. I can't, de- I can't take a deep breath. I need that. And so for me, being physically tired is, I mean, that's an important part of life. I mean, if you're sleeping four hours a night um, because you're up playing video games until two in the morning, that's not good. I worked with a guy that his soul was just unhealthy. And I started you know, coaching him and I found that his body was unhealthy. That was the first thing we gotta, we gotta talk about, staying up at two, three o'clock in the morning, doing something that's not that productive for him and then work backwards to his soul. So, so you, you have to assess where you're at, um, but there are different, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I get jazzed by being on my motorcycle for an entire day and riding through the Pacific Northwest and when I get home, I'm exhausted. But it's the best kind of exhaustion because my soul is not exhausted. You can ask my wife. She, she knows. I, I want to read this question. I thought it was a good one. How do you make the transition to placing your self-worth in Jesus if you have made a habit to find your self-worth in your accomplishments and works? Okay, I can't answer that question because we're going to answer that question. This series will, will hit that. It's either next week or the week after. Uh, that, that very question um, is the whole topic of one of, of our message in, in, the next, in this series. And it's, it's a big one. It's a big one. Identity, um, our acceptance, our self-worth, um, the cycle of, of like why, am I significant because of what I accomplished in this life or because who I am and been created to be in, in Jesus? It's two very different things. Nice job, Evan. Spoiler alert. Jeez. If somebody's out there is looking for extra problem. credit yeah, by jumping ahead in the curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. Was that I, mean, I think she's staff. speaking that message. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sabotage the whole thing. And I, I've noticed in myself that when I am appropriately tired, that when my soul is healthy and I'm exhausted, the things that do matter, like you talked about, there are some things. I have to be a dad. I have to father well. Uh, and that's such a focus of my life right now, having a four and a one-year-old. And I noticed even just this last week, there was a night where my soul was in the right kind of shape. And my son came down in the middle of the night and he asked me, you know, he just wanted to talk to me or wanted me to put him back to bed or whatever. And I was like so receptive to it. And he said, hey dad. And I was like, oh, hey bud, you come here, just give me a hug. And, um, and then he did it two nights later and I was not in the right, the same space. <laughs> and um, my <laughs> wife always knows that how I say what is, is, oh, there is, it is. how I, you yeah. know, what? It's your problem, you know. She had to tap me awake about ten times, and I look at my poor son is sitting there with like his thumb in his mouth, you know, at the foot of my bed. Dad, what? <laughs> Jeez, man. I'm tired. I want to go back to. <laughs> and even that, that there's always just these little tips that um, I give myself. I show myself my hand, essentially, of what kind of tired it is. Because if I am if I am healthy, my soul is healthy, and those things like my children or my wife or, or something that I hold dear to me pulls more of that energy out of me at the very last. It's, it's re- there's a good reception to it. Yeah. And it's totally different when I don't have the proper perspective. Yeah. What's that book, uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and Everything's Small Stuff or something like that? I think there's something important about that. And, I, and, and that you recognize it and see what happens in the, cycles, in the cycle of work and rather than the cycle of grace, what happens in those moments when you, when you respond like in your soul response, because that was your soul responding when you lashed out at your son, right? So that's your soul responding. And so, so what, what, what happens in the cycle of work is that you go, oh, I'm such an idiot, I'm a horrible dad. I can't get this thing right. And, I, and you heap shame on yourself because I can't get this right. I'm not doing it the right way. And I, I messed it up. I, I two steps forward and three back and 
And the cycle of grace, you, we have to live in that place where, yeah, okay, our, there will be times where we're just tired and we, and we react and respond the way we shouldn't. But a cycle of grace says, okay, wait, 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 we all do that. Every one of us, you know, cross that line that we don't want to cross. Okay, well, that, let's, you know, let's take a step back, go around. Maybe I need to ask for forgiveness, but I need, but I gotta, I gotta go, why did I do that? I gotta ask my soul, why did I do that? And take a minute to reflect on that. It's good. The, the wild cat underneath the yeah. house. Yeah. So you guys are both describing some of those wild cats, if you will. The feral. Yeah. Let's keep talking about how my family let wild animals <laughs> live under our house. Okay. <laughs> um, but a question came in: How can I more quickly identify that my soul needs some attention? What are those markers, or even like a self-assessment that we can take to say, "Huh, maybe my does my soul need attention? Am I am I less soul healthy?" Uh, for for me personally, Good I question. can I can fall into the trap of just being like, "I'm fine. I'm cool." I haven't shed a tear in 15 years, but I'm okay. My soul's fine. You know, and my wife's like, uh, there's some repressed feelings going on there, you know, but what? Is so that what, something you want to talk about um, right now? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, since I have you all here, if you can, uh, but are there, are those, those markers that we should say, whoa, hold on, hang on. My soul needs some attention here. Wow. That's a really good question. Yeah. That's the one for me. I, I would say, um, in mere Christianity, a book C.S. Lewis wrote, you know, however long ago, he talks about how all the emotions that we experience are actually, God installed them in us for a reason. Like, sometimes we think, man, if I ever get angry, that's so bad. No, God gave you anger as a reason to when somebody hurts your wife, that, that anger is appropriate in that moment. I noticed that, that I apply the inappropriate emotions to specific situations. That's when my soul, that's a great indicator. When I am overly emotional about something that if I really stopped and I breathed for a moment, I would re-realize, oh my gosh, this is not yeah. what that person said. I, that's one of the biggest things, because I've struggled with a lot of insecurity in my life before, is I will take to heart something that someone said and I do not even know that person. Or care. I would not care about their opinion on anything else, but they talked about um, how I was dressing or communicated from the platform or something like that. And they literally have zero, they should have zero voice in my life. And all these other people would say these things and this person would say this one thing and all of a sudden it would tear me apart. And that's an indicator to me that my soul is in an unhealthy situation. So it's, it's that you're, you're mismatching emotions to scenarios and situations. That's good. I, I would echo my, um, my therapist, I guess, because I think that's a question with, I, wish, I wish Bill Menke was here right now, or my therapist, he'd be able to answer that question about, you know, how do you identify soul unhealth? And what, um, what he's told me is that um, pay attention to the, your body, pay attention to what you're feeling. And for me, um, anxiety and everything gets caught up in my gut. And so, so when I'm feeling stress, worry, concern, grief, um, whatever it might be, um, I, I start feeling it in my gut. And I just, and for me, it's been like, oh, something's going on here that I probably would have just ignored in the past, just pushed through. And now I'm, I'm recognizing there's something else going on here um, that I need, to, I need to take some time to, to consider and think about. And having an, ex, an outside person as well speak into your life is hugely important in my opinion, whether it's a therapist or whether it's a close friend, um, it's important. Yeah, and the ability to be present, I think, speaks to the health of your soul. If, if, you're, if you can't sit at 
dinner, uh, you know, with either friends or family or whatever without just feeling the urge to, like, check, check the news or check your social media or, or even in conversations you just find your mind wandering to the next thing or the next appointment or, you know, I, I think for me that's always been a sign of, of when I'm not taking care of my soul. Um, can I be present? Can I be in this moment? Or do I have to be occupied somewhere else? So I have to have my mind somewhere else because I can't just be here. Um, and that's, uh, I think, as, as we talk about where we're at society-wise and culture-wise, uh, as the pace increases, all the tools are at our disposal to not be here, to not be present, to not look somebody in the eyes and actually have a conversation. Yeah, and people in accountability are a huge part of this. I mean, you're not willing to be present and open up to people in those. And I'm not saying you got to be emotional or bear your soul to every single person, whatever. You can start with one person. Uh, I'm lucky enough that really on staff here at Westside, we kind of do this as part of our job. We we check on each other and we really care about each other and we work together so often that when something is off, we'll address it or ask questions or um, somebody will usually approach you that is on the staff and ask. And you have to find yourself in that environment to some degree where somebody will hold you accountable. Say, look, this is not how you've been behaving. Is not Something is deeper going on. I'm not just going to walk away and say, gosh, I don't know why they got angry, but I'm going to I'm going to probe a little bit and I'm going to ask some questions because maybe there's some soul health that needs to happen in here. Uh, and so don't, and, and when I say that, you know, I, I really do, I am super lucky to be able to work here and I understand not, not everybody has that privilege. And if you don't have that privilege, go and create that environment for yourself somehow. Grab a pastor, grab a friend, grab a coworker, whatever. My dad said one of the greatest things that he's ever done as a pastor is tell people to pray for him. You know, so often he's like, I was just caught up in being like, who can I pray for? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? And he said, when I finally, it's not that I stopped doing that, but when I turned around and said, look at me, you need to pray for me once a week. Can you take once a week and on Monday, can you pray for me? Or can you ask me a question? Can you ask me how I'm doing? And he said, I went out and I created that environment that would help me keep my soul accountable. And so if it's not built into your life already, then go out and do your best to create that environment for yourself. And he did that to his pharmacist. The guy was like, I just, I'm yeah. just giving you your pills, man. Exactly. Anyway, bad joke. It was right. anyway. <laughs> People that you know, right? The cat's okay. under the house. Yeah, it was, it was good. Anyway. Um, here's a great question. Uh, Steve, I'll direct this to you. Uh, what is the difference, if there is one, between soul and spirit? Are we talking about the same thing? Or is this... Oh, super good question. So I was, uh, I, I wondered if this would actually come up because I don't, we don't address it. And there's two kind of uh, thoughts among um, theologians out there about soul and spirit. Um, some theologians believe that we're um, three parts, body, soul, and spirit, and then others that believe we're just we're body and soul slash spirit. So, that, so some theologians believe that the soul and the spirit are the same, and some kind of separate the two. The way I look at it is there are times where I feel like my spirit is, is, is more um, connected to God even when my soul is broken down. So I've... I've I kind of split the two, but it's pretty hard to do that theologically, to be honest. It, it looks more in, in, in the scriptures that those two are m very much tied together. It's really clear, actually, in the Bible that the soul is the eternal part of our being, and so that there's enough evidence of that, that, that like, well, then what's the spirit? Because I thought that's what, what the spirit was. But for me, in my thinking, in my process, my relationship with God, I do, uh, on occasion, separate between the soul and the spirit because I feel like my spirit is, is connected even when my soul is disconnected, if that makes sense. And so I think there's, yeah, which one, yeah, I don't think it matters that much as long as you have, like, yeah, as long as you have a clear understanding, like, I'm going, I want to, I want to do some work on my, my, the internal part of who I am. Soul, spirit, whatever you want to call that. 
It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the one that, that integrates the whole. The soul in, in scripture is the, is the, is the, is the center of, we, of who we are that integrates our will, our emotions, our mind. Um, and that's, that's why integrity is such a soul word, that we're integrous and that when, we're, when, and that when we become defragmented, it's in our soul, we become disintegrous. That makes, when our soul does, so that, that idea of integrity is wrapped up in our soul. And some of these metaphors we've been using, I think, will be super helpful throughout the series of the stream that feeds the village or, uh, you know, the, the crawl space under the house and what's under there is going to affect the quality of your life yeah. in, the, in the walking rooms, if you will. Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's that, that, that source of life and the, the health of that source of life that's in you. And it's been helpful for me, as we've been talking and discussing this already, uh, even just during the messages today, to know that the soul is something that has an outward expression that can be tangible and, and understood and even adjusted. Uh, for some reason, like all growing up, maybe it's because of the pop theology. Uh, every time I thought about the soul, I thought about watching the movie Hercules when I was a kid and like the wavy figures that were the souls being ushered off by Hades or, you know, they were, you know, and it was like this, it was always this kind of ethereal, it's out there and my soul is this being, but to know that this is something that we can actually um, interact with, so to speak, or it has substance to it is really helpful for us going forward. And in, and in uh, Ortberg's book, Soul Keeping, if you read it with us, then you'll you'll find that he, um, he believes that we're just body and soul. I, I had a hard time reading it at first because it just, he, does, he never mentioned spirit. And it kind of, as a Pentecostal charismatic that I am, Holy Spirit, the whole thing about spirit, I was like, where's the spirit? And then I realized, oh, wait, he, it's for him, the soul and the spirit are synonymous. And that helped me kind of unpack what he was talking about. So there's one more that relates to this discussion as we finish up. Is there a difference between mental health and soul health? Is that part four of the series? <laughs> I stepped on. I'd have to. That's such a. That's such an important question. I would. I don't want to. I don't want to make something up. Yeah, it's great. But I. I mean, I just. I think that's a really, really important question, and both. Are. Yeah, they're they're in my. I think on top of my head, I think they're in, they're connected. Probably not the same thing, but very much connected because everything is connected to our soul because that's who we are. You know, at the base of who we are is created. When, when God breathed his spirit into, it was into our souls. It was just this, we're, so I don't know how you separate the two, but you can, say, but, but, but they are two different things for sure. You know, you, so I think, yeah, but I think one does affect the other. Yeah. Um, and I think we should come back to that probably in a discussion yeah. in the weeks ahead. I think that'd yeah, be really, Bo, really good. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to read this. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like one for Bo. All right, bye. Uh, I wanted to read this one last comment from one of you. Uh, it's a question, but I want to read it as a comment as well. But it says, it seems there are so many things that need to happen to have the basics of a healthy life, community with others, physical fitness, quality time with the kids, working on your marriage, keeping up the house. How do you decide how to prioritize and what things to let go of even when they are good? And if I can just jump in right off that, and say, I think that's the point of this, is when our souls are healthy, these things that are always bearing down on us can find their place. It's when our soul is unhealthy and we're striving uh, that you put all that in your, in, on your shoulders and it's just, it's too much. It's too, I can't do it. But a healthy yoke of Jesus in, enables us and empowers us 
to a rhythm that, that makes this work. That's exactly right. And before we, before we, can I read this, Evan? This is a, a, just one last quote from Ortberg's book, and um, it's a poem he wrote, actually, and, and, and about the soul. And maybe, maybe close your eyes. Just, just, just let this be a reflective moment for you. I've, he wrote, I have been waiting. I am shy, terribly shy, even in the most boisterous person. I can only whisper, never shout. You may never even notice me, but I am here waiting. I do not lie on the surface. If you look and listen patiently, you will know. I speak through your confusion, through your wanting, through your hurt. When you stammer, when you say what you did not mean to say, it was I. When you watch a sunset or hear a child laugh or listen to a piece of music that causes you to suddenly become choked up, it is I that causes your eye to fill. When you are addicted, it is I that is chained. When the sun burns up and the universe melts away, I will be here. Like Glenn Close in the movie Fatal Attraction, I will not be ignored. I can be wounded, lost, repulsed, or redeemed. Your circumstances actually matter far less to your happiness than you think. It is my health that makes your life heaven or hell. I am your soul, I am here, and I'm waiting.